thing about AI and other emerging technologies now that are very much working with AI is that it's automating. So it's taking away the place of humans in making decisions, right? So if we think about a self-driving car, for example, it's not like the technologies we had before. For the first time, we have to trust that the machine it will make a decision about where to turn or in case of an accident, where should I go, what should I do, which is a decision that we humans, you know, are very familiar with doing very quickly. Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Daily Tech Conversation, where we bring you insights from tech entrepreneurs, CXOs and investors from around the world whose work has a bearing on India. I'm Hari Arakli, and my guest today is Kelly Forbes, Executive Director at a young interdisciplinary research organization and think tank, AI Asia-Pacific Institute, headquartered in Singapore, focused on artificial intelligence and technology policy. In this episode, Kelly talks about how, as the application of AI penetrates into every walk of life, figuring out ways to build trustworthy AI has become urgent. Kelly, welcome to this podcast. Really great to have you with us uh, today. Um, as you know, in India, there's a lot of interest in AI uh, advancements as well as policy. And of course, as it's an evolving uh, sphere and you're very much, uh, you know, uh, you have a ringside view of what's happening, I guess, with your work. Perhaps you could start with a brief background on why and how the AI Asia-Pacific Institute was started where you work and tell us also uh, briefly about your work and we'll go from there. Sure. Thank you, uh, Harry. It's a pleasure to be here um, and to contribute to your work. Um, so some background about me and, and, and the Institute. Um, the Institute really came um, from the need to um, have these conversations around AI on a more uh, international cooperative um, environment. So, you know, so we believe that um, to advance these conversations and to mitigate the challenges that are around the you know, development of AI. And we can talk a little bit more later about what they are and, um, and you know, in specific sectors. Um, so we, we believe that um, to advance these conversations, there is essentially two foundations. And one is that we must work in cooperation. Um, and so therefore, our work is, is very much across the region, not only in one particular country. Um, and also that we must work in an interdisciplinary way. Um, you know, I, I personally also believe that this is, this is the way of the future in thinking about you know, the, the challenges with the future of work. And I know we're going to touch on these um, challenges later, um, you know, and I think a big core to, to these conversations and where we are heading in the future is, is very much in working towards more interdisciplinary, um, you know, an approach to this. So you no longer have only technologists, but you're bringing people from different backgrounds um, to work on these issues. So that's very much where, um, you know, I think the, the two core foundations that to our work with the Institute. How long ago was the Institute started and, and how did you get interested uh, in AI and, and generally in the areas of technology policy? Yeah, so 
I have a legal background and the Institute uh, is probably close to two years now. We, um, as part of one of the um, startup I was, startups I was collaborating with, um, they were looking at, you know, emerging technology as a whole. And I think it was there that I got exposed to a lot of these new, um, you know, challenges and specifically in AI. And and in working that environment and engaging with you know colleagues from also different disciplines, like I was explaining before, the importance of having an interdisciplinary approach to this. It was it was there that I think um, you know we've realized that um, you know these challenges were there are very much present in our day to day lives now. Um, that needs to be more organizations, other local and internationals engaged in these conversations. There are already, I mean, there's already, I think we have made um, a lot of developments in the last two, three years, I would say. There has been more organizations being created, more people working in this space on the, you know, ethical challenges or legal challenges involving AI. But it's um, essentially, I think, you know, we identify as a place that really needed more, more work. And I think that was where it, that's how we, you know, the Institute was born. Mm. Now, you've been working on building awareness and, as you say uh, in your bio, around building bridges on the idea of uh, using AI the right way, trustworthy AI, as you call it. And, of course, people also talk about ethical AI and responsible AI and so on. Um, tell us a bit about what you mean by trustworthy AI and why it's important. Yeah, sure. So trustworthy AI is also a very common term um, in Europe. Um, and we're going to talk more about how, you know, Europe is it's in a way quite ahead of the curve in terms of these developments. They have been, the, you know, one of the first regions to propose a regulation in AI. Mm. Um, and they very much encourage this definition of trustworthy AI. And I think that what I particularly like about this term as well, in comparison with other terms in the industry, like ethical AI or responsible AI, is that it encompasses more. We're not only talking about whether a technology is ethical, is that, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, but, you know, also, does it comply with, you know, what we have set up to be legal requirements or, you know, is it set to be the minimal um, to what we have, you know, why we created this for? So, so I think it encompasses a lot more. And, yeah, and I think also just taking a step back to um, think about why, you know, why are we talking about this? Why is this even important? You know, um, when we, you know, many, I think many people still think of when we think about AI, you know, things going wrong, we still think about those, you know, uh, fiction movies where we have those scenarios of things going very wrong, right? There's, mm -hmm. a, there's many famous movies around this and, you know, some of them are interesting and they are certainly, you know, possible things that could happen in the future. You know, some of them are just really fictitious scenarios. Um, and, you know, they all play around with this, um, you know, idea of, you know, what they call a, a general artificial intelligence, right? It's a time where, 
AI could become as powerful as us or, or more intelligent than us. Mm. And although, you know, there's a lot of debate in the industry, whether that's even if ever possible or when we will achieve that. And, you know, although we are certainly still a long way from that, um, and we are not, we're not certain about whether that where we ever going to get to that stage. We are already mm. experiencing on a daily basis the implications of using AI, right? We all use AI on a daily basis already. We when you know we need help to to choose the movie we're going to watch, or when we're scrolling through social media, uh, when we're applying for a job. So you know these things are already um, you know in our lives, and those implications. Um, are really beyond just the conversation of, you know, whether an AGI is possible. I think that we're all, um, you know, already noticing these implications, you know, most of them, of course, across social media, the use of social media, or, you know, in every single sector, we can probably talk about, you know, when, when things have gone wrong. And so I think that that, that conversation of trust with AI, what really means is, um, you know, uh, is this technology's AI, can we trust, right? So does it, you know, um, does it encompass those aspects of, um, you know, the legal, ethical and, you know, and the social requirements are, are present there and we, can, and, and we can see and we can work with that. And that is, I think, also very much linked to the, you know, conversation around encouraging innovation, right? Because we really only embracing things that we can trust, Right. And, and I think that automatically by engaging more um, and believing that, you know, AI is something that you can trust, you automatically be more, more, uh, you know, prone to using that technology as well and adopting it. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting that you brought up uh, the generalized uh, AI point and, you know, people talking about uh, the time when AI might actually be able to uh, be really human-like or even as powerful. Uh, maybe a good time to ask you about what's the current state of affairs in terms of the awareness, some of the latest developments in building and even implementation uh, of trustworthy AI uh, around the world. And maybe you could also touch upon what's happening in APAC and more specifically uh, what you've come across in India. Yeah, sure. So, um, so yes, as I think I've mentioned before, we have seen a lot of new developments in the specifically in the last two years. Um, and this has been very much, um, you know, an attempt um, from governments around the world, as well as other international organizations, um, industries, um, universities, uh, to engage in thinking about, well, we are seeing that there's a lot of innovation happening involving AI. Uh, the world is changing very quickly. Um, what can we do to ensure that, you know, these developments are happening according to, you know, what we, what we wanted to, to take place? So, and so very much we have been seeing, like I mentioned, in Europe, I think it is definitely uh, being the region that is, you know, at the forefront of these um, challenges and they've recently have a proposal for the regulation of AI, mm. while other um, other countries, most of them have at least uh, an AI strategy in place, right? So the AI strategy essentially represents what the country is intending to do, 
um, in terms of AI to, you know, to benefit and to implement AI across different sectors um, internally. So um, India, for example, um, have its AI strategy coming around 2018. So that's quite a few years ago. And since then, you know, if we look at India now, it's certainly made uh, a lot of developments in the last few years, right? In terms of um, it recognized the needs uh, and, you know, where uh, the challenges were um, and how they could address those challenges, right? So, you know, in terms of challenges, for example, uh, we have the digital divide, right? So Mm -hmm. not only in India, but this is something that, you know, every country across the world is battling with. How do we ensure that innovation, it's not, um, you know, exaggerating our already existing um, inequality, right? And and every country in in different ways is, is, you know, uh, thinking about this. And I think for India, the specific challenges, you know, it's it's a very large uh, place. It's very diverse. It has its own, you know, uh, many languages. So all of these, of course, it makes it more challenging to have a uniform approach to AI across the whole India, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when when the when the strategy was laid down, I think that it was one of the things that was recognized. How do we approach this, and how do we look at globally? Um, you know, and I think India has really been doing uh, a good job with that. So if we look at some of the recent international collaborations that, for example, how they have engaged uh, the World Economic Forum to Mm -hmm. then create um, this framework that is essentially guiding industry now about the implementation and deployment of AI. So it's essentially a framework that um, lies, lies out all the principles for development of AI and it happens in two parts. But one, so you have the principles, which, you know, it's something that we are seeing more and more across the road. So, you know, countries usually have an AI strategy. And once the, the industry gets a little bit more mature, then they usually think about what are the principles that we want to encourage, you know, that the industry to follow. Um, and then so on part two of these developments in India, they now have the implementation. So this has been launched recently and it's now thinking about, okay, we have this ethical ideals about, you know, so transparency, for example, right? We believe that industry should consider how transparent the AI um, developments are and in adopting as well. And so how do we now, you know, take a step back and think about how do we actually going to do this? How are we actually going to implement what this transparency means, right? Because I think that that's, that's usually where the challenge, the challenge that we are now is that we now have these frameworks. You know, most governments have some sort of governance in place, hmm. but we're now in a challenge of getting industry to embrace that and to understand what they mean, right? Um, and it's it's becoming a timely issue because we know regulation is advancing. We are seeing more and more conversations around this. You know, we see the developments in Europe. There has been also more conversations, I think, in the Asia Pacific. Different countries, you know, are discussing what what's next for them. You know, if we look at 
Singapore, for example, that has been one of the you know, leading countries really in the region that first started to put a framework in place. Um, it now has different frameworks for each sector, so the financial sector, the healthcare. Um, you know, the, they now f- talking about openly what is next for Singapore and how they're preparing industry now for the next step, which most likely will be some type of regulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that uh, there's also a council that advises the government, right, on, on the ethical use of AI in Singapore, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and I think it, they have people from all walks of life in that council. That's correct, yes. That's that's also, I think, um, you know, a similar developments that we are seeing, uh, you know, across different countries is that usually you know, they're setting up these internal centers, um, you know, centers of excellence, for example, that normally open up for corporations. So the government can engage industry in these developments, right? So they can test ideas uh, because let's not forget, right? The regulators need to have a very good understanding of what exactly they're regulating, right? So they need to understand how the technology works, what are the challenges, you know, and, and, you know, when I was speaking here in the beginning about that interdisciplinary approach to AI, I think mm-hmm. this is a very much, uh, you know, core issue to that, that, you know, it's bringing different people with different knowledges to the same conversation. It's essentially under everyone's benefit that, you know, we have a good governance in place to encourage innovation uh, because we know all the benefits that AI can also offer, right? Um, you know, it can improve our healthcare. It can improve, you know, uh, help resolving some of our biggest challenges in the world, you know, such as environment, um, help with education. So there's so much potential there uh, if we can really uh, set the foundations correctly. Mm. Yeah, I mean, on that point of uh, the benefits of AI, um, I was just thinking, uh, if you step back, what sort of the big picture to keep in mind in, in advocating or indeed in deploying AI? I mean, of course, I guess a simple way of looking at that would be to say that technology keeps advancing and, and, and that's the way it is. It's always been that way and it's no different with AI technologies either. Um, that said, uh, what's the bigger picture context for deploying AI at scale? Yeah, so uh, for me personally, I would actually argue that it is different uh, this time because AI Mm. is automating many of our decisions. Mm. So, you know, we have gone to, this is the fourth industrial revolution, right? How we like to call it. And, you know, we have gone through other, you know, industrial revolutions where we had, you know, we always had technology growing and, you know, in, in, in terms of advancing, making our lives better. But I think that the unique thing about AI and other emerging technologies now that are very much working with AI is that it's automating. So it's taking away the place of humans in making decisions, right? So if we think about a self-driving car, for example, right, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not like the technologies we had before. For the first time, we have to trust that the machine will make a decision about where to turn or in case of an accident, where should I go? What should I do? 
which is a decision that we humans, you know, are very familiar with doing very quickly, but we now have to tell a machine what's the right thing to do here. So this mm. is the difference. And, you know, and we're going to see that more and more as, as it advances and it's, um, you know, it outmates may, many of the decisions and tasks that we are now familiar with. So uh, going back to your question around, um, you know, breaking down and in terms of where to start. So, so, you know, as I was mentioning, we are, we are certainly leading towards uh, more governance, uh, more regulation. There's certainly, as much as we can see the technology advancing, there is certainly being also more, um, you know, a, a more cautious approach to how things are taking place. And mm. if we look at Europe, for example, the approach that they have taken is that they, they, uh, they, they, they essentially place the technology, uh, they classify it as operating in different spaces and they regulating it differently, right? So if we think about uh, the impact that facial recognition can have, it's a much higher impact in the population and safety if something goes wrong, right? Mm. And so therefore, we need to be, it needs to have a higher approach to regulation there. And, you know, if we think about, you know, Netflix, how we engaged the yeah. AI there to help us to choose a movie, right? It's, you know, it certainly can have different impacts, but it, it's not going to be so harmful as, you know, as potentially a facial recognition would be. So, so they have classified this and, and analyzing in different sectors as well as it's not, it's not the same thing, right? You can operate differently depending on each sector, and what it's actually set to do. So I think the, 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 one of the foundation that uh, you know, industry can really start to think about is that these developments are happening. And if you're operating in this space, it's certainly helpful that you should become familiar with what, you know, say if you're operating in India, you should become familiar with what the Indian government is recommending. Um, and this is not legally binding now, but we know that there's, you know, other developments across the road that point us to the direction that, you know, we're certainly going to see more and more of, of those um, developments coming to the region as well. And so I think that, you know, that certainly um, there is a lot of room for preparation there. And in terms of... Um, you know, governments and other organizations, I think that we also need to prepare more for, um, you know, the, the more implications that we have with automation, right? That the more we have, the more we have to, we need to have um, stronger foundations to respond to many challenges, right? Including the future of work, um, you know, uh, and specifically, you know, the those challenges around ethics, you know, when things do go wrong, or how should we really be automating our decisions to the machine? Mm -hmm. You mentioned future of work earlier on as well. Um, did the COVID pandemic and the way we are now working, uh, has that influenced uh, how AI is being developed uh, or applied? Uh, have you come across any interesting instances where AI is being used specifically uh, as a response to you know, how the pandemic changed our life? 
Yes, yeah, certainly. I mean, we certainly have seen, um, you know, uh, as 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 people have said, we have seen uh, two months of innovation, the equivalent to what we would have seen two years, right? Because of COVID, essentially pushes to work online and and engage in technologies, and you know, being really pushed to the future of work in many ways. And you know, certainly AI. Um, has also been more engaged in this process and in the same way, um, you know, as well as being, you know, uh, we, we have seen governments engaging AI to predict, uh, you know, uh, lockdowns to help to identify, you know, where to send um, help to, you know, we have the, the, the tracking system, right, which was the app. So there were different technologies certainly being um, deployed to, to help in this, with these questions um, very much. Um, our issue, I would say, is that we're probably now in, um, in a very critical time, you know, having sort of passed COVID now after two years, you know, some countries are still struggling like we're seeing um, in China again. Um, and of course, we are, you know, witnessing a war. So there's a very, um, you know, um, tricky political climate, I would say, since the Cold War. And the challenge there is that it's taking our focus from, you know, some of the biggest challenges that we have around the world to resolve, right? One of them being the environment, we actually have very little time uh, to come together as a society in the next few years. Um, and, and also around technologies in general, around AI. So some of these conversations, I mean, the Institute very much advocates for collaboration, right? Because we believe that AI is transnational. So it crosses borders. Right. And, and that is why it's, you know, I was saying so important and so uh, good to see that, you know, countries like India have been engaging um, other international organizations like the World Economic Forum to work on these problems internally. So they're looking up to see what the rest of the world is doing, but also, you know, thinking about what, what that could represent. And, you know, there's certainly things that have been adopted outside that would not be and would not work well for the Indian context, right? And, and you need to constantly adapt those processes to that. Um, but I think that, you know, certainly we are living in a time now that, you know, cooperation is very critical. And it's also difficult that we are living in a time where, you know, we're fighting a lot of other, you know, current big issues like a war, COVID, um, and have, in a way, taken away our attention to those, you know, challenges. Mm. Uh, if you were to summarize uh, you know, all your experience so far, uh, you know, in, in uh, encouraging the right kinds of policies in AI, uh, what are the things that you have seen that you know give you a sense of optimism, and what are some maybe trends and developments that really worry you? Yeah, so I think 
Yeah, one of the things um, I think it was just what I was referring to as in what I see taking place in Singapore, for example, that has been ha has been putting a lot of new initiatives to um, accommodate the population for this sort of new world that we are creating, right? Um, I also, um, you know, have been optimist by seeing an increasing um, work towards collaboration and cooperation across governments, right? So we have, you know, engaged with government leaders and industry leaders, you know, across the region in specific. And it has been good to see that they are communicating um, about things that, how things are working for them, what things that they need to adapt. You know, as I saying, there are things that I think we can work together. Uh, but there's also the need to adapt to its own, you know, countries' needs, populations, you know, economic reality. So when we look at India, for example, that is very important. And so, but I think it's it's certainly something that um, it's it gives me hope and makes me optimist to see that there's a growing, um, you know, willingness to uh, think about this and. Um, it essentially, you know, fits the idea that, um, as I was saying, AI is transnational. It also benefits everyone that we work together so that you can achieve your own AI strategy, right? So every country has its own strategy. Every country recognizes how AI can benefit society. Uh, but to achieve that, it's really necessary that you go out and engage that internationally. All right. Uh, very nice conversation, Kelly. Thank you so much again for making time for this, and I definitely hope to keep the conversation going. Thank you very much, Harry. It's been great to be here. That's it for this conversation. You can find all our podcasts at ForbesIndia.com and on your favorite podcast apps. I'm Hari Arakali. Thank you for listening.